This is Supernatural Selection on DeviantBehaviorRadio.com, hosted by Kevin the Bastard. The red light is on, so... Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest episode of Supernatural Selection. Now this week we have got a very special thing going on. I felt we needed three hosts to cover this. So this week we have got Mike the Skeptic and David Davis. Mike, David, how are you guys doing? I'm just fine. I'm happy to be here, and with this gathering of the three, we have finally ascended and become the second-to-last podcast on the left. (laughs) Yes, yes, indeed, we have. Now, uh... Please don't sue us. Yeah, please do not sue us, Spotify. There's no place to escape to. This is the last lawsuit on the left. Damn it, don't do it! Don't fucking (laughs) do it! So, this week, we're going to be talking about the Flatwoods Monster, but first, a little bit of housekeeping. I think it's really important for us to bring up the fact that uh, July 8th and 18th have passed, and uh, nothing happened. Throwaway Liam was wrong, Mike. What? I am completely shocked. Are you? I'm just blown away. No, I'm not. not I didn't think you were. I'm just kind of like, man... We don't get any hybrids, we don't get abducted, we don't get nothing. I feel let down, David. I'm I'm saddened at my lack of anal probing. You gotta make your own fun, so you gotta do some abductions, you gotta do some anal probing and make your own hybrids. Uh, Throw-a-whalian was in all of us the whole time. (laughs) Throw-a-whalian was the friends we made along the way. (laughs) They're all trash. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, alright, now... Again, the Flatwoods Monster is this week's topic, which is something I don't hear a lot about on a lot of these podcasts where it's three uh, stupid white guys talking about stuff. Um, have you guys ever heard of the Flatwoods Monster other than from me? I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure, like, back in the day, like, 90s, Supernatural stuff did a few things about him. I'm sure, I'm sure uh, William Riker talked about it at some point. It's definitely one of the more iconic of the first encounter like creatures. Like when you look at it, it's very distinctive. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty familiar with it. But it's like a lot of first encounter stories. They all kind of blend together. Yeah, I mean they're all fairly benign. There's no butt stuff involved, and it's always just like the alien shows up, and all of a sudden, uh, stuff happens. But like you know, it's it's pretty benign in the sense that there's no butt stuff, and that's why it's not memorable. Yeah, exactly. But I love the, how the Japanese have kind of latched onto it. Like, apparently, in uh, Majora's Mask, there are aliens, and they look like uh, the Flatwoods monster. Which, if you haven't seen it, you know we're gonna get into the description. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it yet. But I remember that in the game. You, uh, it's on like night three, like the last night of the Lawn Lawn Ranch area. Uh-huh. Where you're helping fight off the aliens trying to abduct like the horses and cows. That's that's a really weird thing to have in a Zelda game. It's not too weird. I mean, Zelda's done some weird stuff. It had the guy in the toilet in uh, Skyward Sword. Okay, I didn't play yeah, Skyward Sword. Yeah, there was, not yeah, there was a dude in the toilet. Confidence. <laughs> like you ever played a game with a dude in a toilet? Um. <laughs> No one I'd never put my there myself or put my own character there, no. Have you ever played a game while in a toilet? 
Well, I have, you know, Nintendo portables, so I'm sure I'm assuming at some point I have. Sure. Yeah, like fair. if you have a Nintendo Switch, like half the fun is just playing that shit on the shitter. That's really true. Yeah. So this week our source again is the amazing Unexplained Unexplained. Ed- yeah, second edition by Jerome Clark. Like I said last week, third edition removed a lot of the UFO content, so we gotta go back to the second edition for this one. And you know, we're all the poorer for it. You know, I can't argue that. It's a fantastic book. Mike knows I've been talking about this book for years, haven't I? It's it's his Bible and his pornography. <laughs> he, he, goes door to, he goes door to door with it. <laughs> deliver the good work from Jer- uh, the good word from Jerome Clark. Have you? Do you know Jerome Clark's plan for your life? Because it involves some sexy, no. sexy stuff. No, go away. Why do you have a hard on? <laughs> I have a hard on because it's aliens, bitch. All right. <laughs> Kevin, getting all crazy. I'm getting you went all method with it. Goddamn. Yeah, damn straight, motherfucker. So, <laughs> all right, let's get into this thing. The Flatwoods Monster. The night in question. On the night of September 12, 1952, the quiet town of Flatwoods, West Virginia, was visited by something that would leave a lasting impression on the community of, at the time, 300 souls. To this day, the town celebrates the event like most small towns do when they have a brush with high strangeness. Now, now I love this aspect of those communities. It's like, someone saw a goblin once, so every year we're going to have Goblin Fest. I know. It's so crazy. I I mean, it's like the thing down in uh, Hattiesburg where they're doing, uh, uh, you know, the the Sasquatch Festival. Mm Mm-hmm. And it kills me that this is the first one. If this was anywhere else in the country, this would be the two or three hundredth Squatch Fest. Now, here's the thing. What we ought to do is figure out what cryptids do not have, like, festivals, and then create a festival for each one. Ooh, yeah. Mike, that's your job. More excuses to drink. Yeah. (laughs) Hmm. You're the organizer. Well, I wouldn't say that. Okay, that's fair. You're more of, you're an impetus. I'm just kind of a passenger. Oh, shit. Here, here, here are two Little Caesars pizzas and a 30-pack of Natty Light. We're celebrating the frog person from <laughs> Ohio or whatever. F- fucking Loveland frogs. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you celebrate Loveland frog. Two Little Caesars pizzas and a 30-pack of Natties. It's <laughs> Jim Beam if you're into the harder stuff. <laughs> So, uh, that night on September 12th, three young boys named Edward and Frederick May and their friend Tommy Hare, and I gotta stop for a second. A lot of the literature refers to these boys as Edward and Frederick, and I'm like, they're Ed and Fred. It's Backwoods, West Virginia. These guys, it's Ed and Fred. Right? It's never one of them alone. It's always Ed and Fred together. Like, I, I, I'm I, just... You remember Duckman, guys? Mm-hmm. You remember the two brothers that were just one body with two heads? Uh-huh. That's all I'm seeing for Ed and Fred. <laughs> well, surely they had a third, you know, partaker at some point. So it could have been Ed, Fred, and... Teddy. Ted. Yeah, Ed, Fred, and Ted. Ed, Fred, and Teddy. <laughs> Coming to Cartoon Network. 
<laughs> oh, you know, cartoon, you know, cryptid, sure. You'd watch that. You're damn right I would. <laughs> and these aren't even the cryptids. That's a bad part. These are the fucking witnesses. So <laughs> now that we've destroyed their fucking credibility, uh, Ed and Fred and their friend Tommy were out playing, and they saw a red orb shoot from the sky and circle a hill before stopping and landing on the other side of it. And they could still see the glow of it after it landed, coming from behind the hill. And they decided, mm. against stereotype, to run home and get back up. Oh, shit. What? I know. <laughs> they didn't uh, okay. just blindly so, walk out and like, no, they poke didn't. it with a stick? They were not Steven Spielberg characters. So was that the only description of the orb that it was red? Was there like was it metallic or it was glowing, it was red, and from everything I've read it was more of a plasma looking thing. It wasn't metallic. Ah, see, yeah, because you didn't put plasma in the outline, so I yeah. didn't know. Well, that. I'm sorry, I figured I'd leave that out so we'd have something to discuss. So Fair enough. It's like a giant glowing plasma orb, like uh St. Elmo's Fire, not the movie. There you go. All right. So, after a very hasty explanation to their mother, Catherine, she decides she's going to go out with them, right? So <laughs> she runs out of the house, and these two more local boys, Neil Nunley and Ronnie Shaver, join the group. And as they're going, they pick up a National Guardsman, Eugene Lemon. That's like half the community. I know, and his dog. Oh, that's the full community. That's the whole <laughs> fucking community right there. I mean, this town is so small, these guys disappeared, it probably would have impacted the fucking economy. Be a ghost town. <laughs> well, I also like these names, like Nunley, Shaver, and Lemon. They sound like the worst possible attorneys you could hire. <laughs> Nunley, Shaver, and Lemon. We fight for you. <laughs> Work on contingency? No. Money down. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I just picture him with a baseball bat going, uh, what, what's what's that slogan all the lawyers use, Mike, around town? Oh, uh, fuck, I don't know. Shit. Uh, it's something like the, uh... The heavy hitter. The heavy hitter, that's the one. I'll fight for you. Because you want someone's legs broken when you're suing them. Yeah. Hey, I'm from Nunley Shaver and Lemon. You gotta get your legs broke. You wanna settle out of court? Alright, so the dog, which I wish I knew the dog's name. I wish it was like Rex or, or Goliath or something. Mm-hmm. Actually, I really wish it was Goliath. Gosh, Davey, I'll go check on the UFO. It's a fucking Flatwoods monster, Davey. <laughs> so the dog runs ahead and crests the hill, and they all stop because they hear the, the dog start barking like crazy, and then it starts whining and runs back over the hill, full tilt with its head between its legs, and runs straight fucking home. Maybe he was a reverse pointer. Oh, fuck. <laughs> well, it, you know, anytime there's a cryptid story and there's dogs involved, it's great. Especially, uh, like, when we cover the Falk monster later, there's, like, a whole thing with, like, the best, like, tracking dogs oh, the, in yeah. Texarkana. Yeah, no, the famous hunting dogs like Scooby-Doo and Ren 1010. And, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I love when dogs are involved, too, because it's like, 
Go, brave companion. Fuck well, you. The dogs are the smartest ones. They're like, nope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nope. yeah. Dogs are smarter than us because they're like, nope. Just big piles of nope. <laughs> so the group, despite the dog running away, think that it's going to be a great idea that they're going to go to the other side of the hill. And they are met with an unearthly sight, guys. This group is completely... The, the ground is completely covered in some kind of gas or vapor or smoke. And the smell was described as pungent and burn the eyes. And would later cause bouts of nausea. The secret Taco Bell Chalupa test site. God damn it. <laughs> Mike, what, how would you react to this right off? Like, you go over the hill. Yeah, um... Like the dog comes running back. Hmm. I can't really say because I've never, I've never been in that situation. Okay, really, you've, I can't. you've gone to the bathroom after Kevin got done. Okay. Well, yeah, I usually nope the fuck out of there, and you know, <laughs> would have been the same thing. Well, and I guess I would just, you know, be like, nope, didn't see that, going home. All right, in all fairness, I've been in the same situation after Mike, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, all right, so they enter the Taco Bell Chalupa test site. <laughs> to the right, at a distance of roughly 50 feet, was the red glowing orb. The now, orb. Kathleen describes it as being the size of a house, and it seemed to be the source of some of the vapor. Mike? Yeah. What you got? What do you mean, what I have? Oh, sorry, I thought you had something there. No, I was yawning. Okay. <laughs> Boring <laughs> tales of astonishment. Shining a light on it. Okay. So, mm, uh, I'm sorry, Kevin, continue. Something off to the left under a large tree, though, catches Eugene's eye. It's two small lights. And Eugene shines his flashlight on it, and that's when the screaming started. <laughs> so what they see is roughly 10 feet tall. Head seems to be the shape of the Ace of Spades. It has a round red part on the front of it with two glass circles that let blue light shine out. Like... Not like reflected light, but like fucking flashlights for eyes. And underneath it was... Well... It was wearing a moo-moo. <laughs> it was green, folded cloth that hung nearly to the ground. But... There were no feet underneath. It was just hovering... At its, at its sides were strange arms with claws at the end. And then it opened its arms and said, I bring you love. It is not Mr. Burns, goddammit. <laughs> so the Moo Moo thing makes me think, oh, they were just lazy and, you know, didn't finish making the costume. You know, it is a small town that's probably full of bored teenagers. Not full, but you know, has several. There's at teenagers. least a couple older than Ed, Fred, and Tommy. Mm -hmm. So yeah, could have been. Maybe maybe it was Grandma. Glip. I don't. I don't have a name. I'm sorry. Grandma got high oh. and 
decided to trick the... <laughs> maybe maybe the alien just dresses for comfort, you know? <laughs> you know, you never hear about that. It's always like, you know, tight, shiny suits. What if, what if it wanted to wear a moo? It has plenty of free-flowing... <laughs> I like to... Oh, man. I like to control the angle of my dangle. <laughs> All right, so this floating, moo-moo-wearing monster begins to glide toward the group, its alien's claws reaching out toward them. And at this point, Eugene, our hero, the member of the National Guard, passes the fuck out. Just fucking drops. And the kids and Kathleen freak out and start dragging him away. Jeez. Well, I've known plenty of National Guard people, and Uh they're just like you and me. There's nothing special about them. They're not like Green Berets or some shit. Okay, that's fair. I just love... He could have been a truck driver for all we know. (laughs) I mean, a lot of National Guard people are rear echelon type of uh, uh, service. That's maybe true. his blood pressure was low. Maybe, yeah, maybe he needed a cookie. His blood sugar. Maybe yeah. he needed a honey bun. But let that sink in for a second. You're Kathleen, right? Your kids say there might be a downed air something, and you're thinking, well, maybe it's a downed aircraft. So you're on your way out to check, and you see Eugene and his dog out for a walk, and you're like, Eugene, come on, man, let's go, let's save these people. <laughs> maybe he's even got a gun, and he just passes the fuck out. Well, yeah. but also, this is West Virginia, so every one of them could probably shoot the gun and had a gun. And I guarantee you those kids have killed before. <laughs> now, when you say those kids have killed, do you mean, uh, animals? Those kids I'm just have saying. Blood. I'm just saying sometimes in the West Virginia woods, something happens. <laughs> those kids have tasted blood, is that what you said? <laughs> yes. <laughs> those kids have probably tasted human blood in an argument. <laughs> All right, so as soon as Eugene hits the ground like the friggin' piece of shit that he is, the alien did. Why are you coming after Eugene like that? Just poor fuck guy. Eugene, man. We don't know what ha- We don't know the circumstance. Maybe, I, yeah, he maybe. saw a fucking alien in a flashlight for all of a second and passed out. I, I doubt you would last much longer, my friend. Yeah. Oh come on, Mike! Do you think? Do you honestly think I'd pass out if I saw an alien? Probably from hyperventilation, yes. Okay, that's true. Yes. Maybe that's... also arousal. Okay, yeah. All right. All my oh, blood no. goes into my dick, and I run out of air. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> so Eugene, the pussy, hits the ground, and the alien did the most intelligent thing I have ever heard of an alien doing. It noped the fuck out and ran to its ship. Oh shit, they're gonna blame me for this. Yeah. Oh fuck, I killed the diabetic! <laughs> so the orb shoots straight up into the sky and just vanishes. Now, I need to say, that's what other witnesses saw. The kids and Kathleen grabbed Eugene and ran full tilt back into town. But there were locals living around the area that saw this orb circle the hill and land. And then, at around the time that Kathleen reported this happened, 
saw a red orb shoot into the sky. So we have witnesses other than five children, a woman, and a dude that passed out. Makes it more believable. Exactly. So oh, you've convinced me. <laughs> that's all it took. <laughs> so, once they're back in town, they get interviewed by the Braxton Democrat, which is a local paper, and the reporter, and A. Lee Stewart Jr., said that they were all genuinely terrified. Several of them sought medical treatment for the effects of the gas or the vapor or whatever it was and severe shock from the incident. Now, you know what this sounds like to me? What's that? More liberal propaganda from the Braxton Democrat. God damn it. <laughs> Mike, what, what what you got for me, man? What, what do you think? Um, I really don't know. I mean, other than, you know, some form of hoax... I haven't really formed much of an opinion yet. What you else? Th- you what you else think you maybe everybody else saw like uh, bottle rockets? Well, or like a, a Roman candle? Thing. Here's the thing. You know how much credit uh, eyewitnesses are given in court trials? About as much as are normally given by actual UFO researchers, which is not a fucking lot. Yeah, no one can get convicted from just eyewitness testimony. And there's a reason for that. Yeah. Good to know. People are fallible. Their memories are fallible. They can be easily coerced into remembering things that either how they, you know, different than how they happened or that didn't even happen sometimes. So, so y'all never saw me kill that guy. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, physical evidence, that's where it's at. Yeah, no. Well, we're getting to that. All right. Yeah, we're so actually, I said, what else you got? Right neck. Uh, right. Okay. So this reporter, Mr. A. Lee Stewart, which Alien Stewart. A. God damn it, Mike. <laughs> a. Lee Stewart Jr. Which that's a fucking mouthful. I would have just gone by Lee Stewart, but you know it's fifty-two. Whatever. This guy somehow convinces Wussy Eugene to go back out to the location with him the next day. Now, Stewart finds the area, and there is still residue from the vapor on the grass. Burns his eyes, irritates his throat. Now, he also found some unexplained skid marks in the grass, and a very large depression where the sphere had been. Okay, so obviously I laughed at the idea of skid marks, but hearing that in the depression... Sounds like a dude sitting in his chair, uh, you know, in his underwear on a really hot day. <laughs> skid marks and depression. The Vapors, story. skid marks, God depressions. I don't have to stay here and take this. I can go anywhere and take this. <laughs> well, you're, you're home, so you take it like that all the time. That's right. Take it. Anyway, my thing is like the skid marks. I'm like, that's just Eugene. <laughs> Eugene just shit himself. Well, no, well, and I'm trying to figure out, like, skid marks because, like, the, the UFO or whatever it was, the orb just came down, right? Did uh-huh. it roll along the ground? What Nobody happened? saw the landing. No. Nope. Oh. I got it. The skid marks are where F- Eugene passed out, and then they drug him off, creating the skid marks. You know what? That's that's actually not a bad uh, conclusion. 
to be honest. I got Eugene's back and saw Stan's glass. You know what? Having slid down a fucking hill in high school uh, and had all the chlorophyll ripped out of the grass into my pants, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Turned into Swamp Thing. Yeah, I kind of, well, Swamp Swamp ass. ass. (laughs) (laughs) You owe me a Coke. No, because you know what you didn't say? Jinx. Oh, fuck. All right, fair. All right, let's go over some other facts about this case, all right? Because there's a little more to it than that. So, all of this was happening during the mid-50s UFO flap in West Virginia. Now, you know is what that else... what they call it? The, the mid-50s US, uh, UFO flap? This is what I'm calling it, but... Okay, fair enough. Okay, so the mid-50s UFO flap is, is unique because it also gave us the Hopkinsville Goblins, mm-hmm. uh, early sightings of the Mothman, and various other weird-ass UFO things. All this was happening... Something's fucked up with West Virginia, is what I'm saying. Well, as someone who has been to West Virginia, has either of you been there? I no, have not. So it is very pretty, very mountainous, mm-hmm. and in a time oh, they wrote a song about it. Yeah, and in, to- in times before you know modern communication, I can see it being very isolated. Sure, very mountainous, that- right? Mm-hmm. A lot, a lot of like mountain roads and that. Oh sort of yeah. Thing. Yeah, no, uh... Country roads, one might say. Yeah. Yes. Taking me home. But, uh... <laughs> I, uh this is a story for another show, but went to the uh, Al Jahaney, uh Federal Prison there, the, supposedly the most haunted prison in the United States or the world or something like that. And it's in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. I mean, there's a little town around It's Allegheny, right? Yeah, Allegheny, Allegheny, yeah. however you say it. <clears throat> but, yeah, it's, you know through mountains along the the kind of valley next to the river you know we drove you know like two and a half hours from pittsburgh to get there it was a good trek and it was a lot of nothing in between oh i I would love to visit it sounds like a like a great place especially if you're like into this sort of like paranormal stuff oh yeah it's just like you it seems like it'd be so much fun like one of the things that gets me is like it's mountainous and these mountains i saw a recent thing about the uh that whole mountain range what is that the ozarks yes Mm -hmm. that is the oldest mountain range on the face of the planet like it was formed prior to pangea when two landmasses actually Mm -hmm. it it like range goes through the atlantic ocean and up to britain yeah and it goes further south too it's basically a big u-shape if you put all the landmass back together but the thing is, the reason it's not as impressive as some of the others is because it's fucking worn down over millennia. Wow. Mm. See, I didn't know that. Yeah, no, it's amazing. This is the one of the oldest mountain ranges on the fucking planet. Well, and when you think about the fact that it's such mountainous terrain, like the wind cutting through the mountains is going to make some weird sounds, and then combined with all, like, the because all those mountains are hollow from all the mining, too. Oh, so yeah. So it's like, there, you... you I think just going through there, you'd start hearing weird crap. Oh, yeah, man, the wind blowing through the mountains, and you hear, Hey, y'all. <laughs> I can smell your crotch. <laughs> so, all right. The, I got sidetracked. I'm sorry. It's just, this is, what I'm saying is this is some of the oldest land on the face of the planet. And, like, there's no telling what kind of weird-ass geological shit can 
fuck with you. Maybe there's like well, some kind of buried magnetite that fucks with your brain. We don't. Well, know. even even if you believe in just like the fact that energy can linger, like think of how much energy is in that mountain range. Oh yeah. Uh, like here's the thing. You know how they find like dinosaurs and shit all over the world. Mm-hmm. All right. In the Ozarks, all they find is like fucking single cell organisms and trilobites. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, a lot of a lot of like sea, like ancient, ancient, ancient sea just, life. Yeah, really, yeah. really old dead shit. Yep. So that you, was Supernatural Selection Geography Corner. Yeah, now back to regularly scheduled podcast. <laughs> well, see what all I'm hearing is there's a lot of weird shit there. And the first couple grand, if we ever make anything from this show, needs to be funneled into our road trip. Oh, you are not wrong, dude. Me, we want to go to the Mothman Festival so bad. So, all right, we've we've covered the shit out of these mountains. (laughs) So, oh, during the UFO flap, a week before the main attraction of... The Flatwoods Monster. A woman and her mother were on their way to church. And they saw the same creature by the roadside. But this time, the gas was coming out from the creature. Like, out from under its moo-moo. So it's B.O. It's farting. Oh, So it's little moo-moo is, like, flapping at the edges. Just like, as, <laughs> as gas guessing. comes rolling out just this long... Oh, it, wait a minute. It doesn't have legs. It doesn't touch the ground. It's f- hovering on its own farts. Yes. <laughs> so the daughter, with the window down, inhaled some of the gas and had to be hospitalized. Now, Eesh. the thing is, this report didn't come from, like, the police or the hospital. They just said, oh, Jeb, my daughter inhaled some gas. This came from like two UFO researchers that uh, are good. Our 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 hero John Keel sent out there to do research during the Mothman, and they really didn't want to talk about it. But somebody had heard about it, and they went out to interview them, and uh, that's how this report came to light. Otherwise, we wouldn't know about it because the mom and the daughter. We're like, I don't want my name attached to this. Y'all don't tell nobody this happened to us. Hmm. So, then the night after the event, this couple's car was stalled on the side of the road, and the same creature came out of the woods toward them. Imagine that for a second. Your car is stalled. It's nighttime. You're like, fuck and you look and here comes the living embodiment of a motorhead song isn't this roswell what no uh who is it it's a lot of there's a lot of car stalled couples getting alienified oh 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 uh mothman and the jersey devil and and betty and barney hill and barney hill yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. so this thing comes out of the woods at him and they both start screeching, screaming. And again, the creature runs the fuck away back into the woods. And a minute later, the red orb shoots above their heads and flies towards the fucking airport. So make of that what you will. Well, you know. It sounds to me like he was just trying to visit a friend in West Virginia and kept getting lost. 
Yeah. What year was this? I think I've missed that. Uh, 52. 52. 1952. Hmm. So not a cell phone tower. Oh, yeah. So So you're you're sitting in your car on the side of a dark road, and this, like, thimble in a flowy dress with a playing card head comes, like, running at you from the woods. That's that's pretty creepy. Yeah, and then you start screaming, and it runs away. (laughs) Then it's, you're offended. It's like, what, wait, why are you running away from me? Yeah, what the fuck, motherfucker? I'm supposed to be scared of you. Yeah, I don't, I don't get this. Yeah. You're doing it wrong, alien. Yet that's not how this works. So, our last report of this thing. November 22nd, 1973. Now, there had been some other reports of this damn thing, but nothing of note until this. 73, in in Quebec. Quebec. There's good fishing in Quebec. And a woman <laughs> saw our cowardly alien friend looking at her through the fucking bedroom window at like two or three in the morning. So he's a creep. He's a weirdo. So her husband runs out to investigate with a gun and finds the family dog is terrified and there's an awful smell. Smelly couldn't blame on the dog. <laughs> so, here's what the skeptics have said. All right? And this is the only explanation given for what they saw. And this is going to sound really fucking damn familiar. Kid saw a meteor and then an owl sitting on top of a bush. Well, I mean, owls are kind of creepy looking. Um, Sounds like moonlight reflecting off of pelican to me. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking reflective pelicans. My point is, that's the only logical explanation anybody has come up with for all of these sightings, including the alien looking through the window and the bad smell and the orb. It's the same goddamn owl. It's Every the time. same fucking owl. Same goddamn owl. It's, owl. it's the one from fucking uh, Winnie the Pooh. And he's a <laughs> fucking asshole. Can't stop eating beans. Just farting like a motherfucker. And what gets me is like, this is not in the outline. I wanted to save this to throw this at y'all. This one skeptic went out and looked and was like, oh, well, they obviously saw the cell phone tower. In 1952. Uh, Wow. Yeah, well, I mean, it could have been a radio tower. Okay, sure, but not landed behind the hill, right? Well, you know, like I said, eyewitness. And then also... And also, like, how good of a researcher is he if he doesn't, like, look into, like, when those towers were built? Like, if he thought it was maybe a radio tower, why sure. didn't he, like, check locally, like, with local building? Yeah, I mean, this guy is definitely not, you know, yeah. researcher material. No, he's definitely a dumbass. Oh, okay, so it's my expectations are set too high. Yeah, okay, I get it, I get it. Yeah, this guy is definitely not... <sighs> He's he's definitely not he's not even a good skeptical researcher. 
fair enough. Like, I'd be more Giving willing. Giving us all bad reputations. Yeah, I tell you, Mike, you ought to, like, you know, go find this guy and take his fucking membership card back. Write him an angry letter. <laughs> there's, there's membership cards? I don't have a membership card. Well, you should make some membership cards. Hell yeah. Yeah. Skeptic Society. So. Wait a minute, wasn't that the Amazing Randy's thing? You know, it might have been. You should, like, join that. I know the Society's still around, even though we lost the Amazing Randy. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like, that, that is the dumbest explanation I've heard. Like, it doesn't tackle the alien, it doesn't talk about the gas, like... And which leads me into the next section. Um, what do we think? Like, I, w- I want to do a little bit of a person-by-person thing. Uh, let's start with the skeptic. What does the skeptic think happened here like with these people going over the hill the alien on three different nights the orb all that fun is running from screaming all that stuff what what what's your what's your take i i don't have a unified theory okay not being able to conjure one up but i mean best i can say is a bunch of unrelated phenomenon that you know the human mind had their, their minds have just kind of glommed together and created a uh, narrative. Sure. I mean, yeah, like, especially those... if you're interviewing people after the fact and they may have heard of this other stuff going on, then it's easy enough to just say, oh, yeah, so what we saw at the time, well, yeah. now that I really think about it, it looked like that Flatwoods thing. Yeah, the thing I saw on the news, it was one of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I mean, and it know, just happened to actually be an owl. And it's which, 50s, early 50s, in West rural Virginia. West Virginia, so I'm not thinking there's a lot of, like, sewage, plant, you know, sewage uh, infrastructure. <laughs> so maybe it's just like, you know, where someone dumped their poop Mike, and just ripened. Mike, hmm. are Hi. you saying that instead of swamp gas, this is ass gas? Yeah. The Flatwood shit theory. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I want I want that to be on record as Mike's stance is the Flatwoods shit theory. So, so Mike's the poop guy. Yes. Wait, <laughs> <All right>. no. <laughs> Mike the poop guy. <laughs> Mike the poop guy. All right. So David, how about you? What you what you got for me? Take a shot because it's the fucking superstructure. That's the drinking game. It's the yep. superstructure. Every episode I'm on, I mention it because that's like the catch-all theory for all this shit. Because it really, really multi- is. Yeah, it's just multiple dimensions, uh, like merging into our dimension and whatever we're seeing. It's just whatever our brain's interpreting it as. So there you go. It's all the superstructure. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. And I can get behind that because, of course, I can because it's fucking superstructure. But like, also. <laughs> I mean, like, it really is fascinating to me with the multiple reports. Like, when I first heard about this thing, I was like, well, this is a one-off, obviously. Like, nobody else has ever seen this. But then you get, like, 20 years' worth of sightings. Yeah. You know, if, if I had to make, like, a serious guess at what this could have been, I think it could have been, like, the major sighting being an owl. And then just it became kind of a meme, like in the traditional sense of the meme, not like funny picture on the internet. Yeah, the but spreading just, of an idea through Yeah, the spreading uh, of an idea. And then, you know, because I guarantee you, like, um, 
you know, the, the guy who interviews these people probably came and talked to him like, yeah, we saw something. Well, we were talking about some sort of creature in the woods and maybe gave a brief description. And then when he goes to talk to the people who said they witnessed something, that somehow worked into their brain. Sure. Yeah. So that was an owl. An owl meme. <laughs> an owl and fart gas. Yep. Owl meme and fart gas. Poo gas. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and I think this was actually a creature. That's just me. Um, with the big glowing sphere, I just there's a part of me that really wants to believe this could have been an actual thing from wherever aliens come from being interpreted in a certain way. Because, and it could be mimetic, you know? It could be one of those things like maybe it was a living meme because... This one in particular, like I said, the Japanese have like just latched onto this thing. And so have other uh, stuff. I mean, there's an episode of, uh, oh my God, what's it called? Project Blue Book about this thing. Now, wasn't there, isn't there a type of phenomenon called like ball lightning? Yes. Yeah, like plasma kind of creates, not, not, I don't know if it's necessarily a perfect orb or anything like that, but. Maybe something like that. Actually, it is typically a perfect orb. They actually managed to create it once in a laboratory from an explosion. But but it is a natural phenomenon, right? It is. It's a natural phenomenon. It's extremely rare. Well, you know, and I wonder if like the ionization from that happening, like close enough to you, would like fuck with your perception. You know what I mean? Oh, you mean like the whole uh, magnetic? radiation uh, in, in certain conditions causing an alien abduction experience. Something like that, yeah. Okay, no, I could get behind that. And also, I do have to take uh, issue with her, the woman's uh, estimation of its size because after up to a certain point, our, our how we determine size is all based on our uh experience you know it's yeah we know something is this size so something that how far away would have to be to be the size of a house if it was a big featureless sphere of energy it could be you know right in your face and you might not yeah not right in your face but you know further than arm's length you know what i'm gonna side with you on this one mike because every time i read somebody saying it was such and such feet or yards away and it was this size i'm always like how the fuck do you know because like i see stuff and i'm like how big was it and well it was a thing i mean there's the uh there's a story i've heard it could be apocryphal maybe it never even happened but a story of uh someone from a tribe who'd always lived in the forest and after they made contact, he decided to come back with the uh, explorers. And once they left the forest, he sees some cows off in a field, and he thinks they're just really small. <laughs> he, he's never seen something that far away before. Okay. To know, you know, that it's actually something big far away. Now that may that not... that sounds like a really interesting like folktale sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. And like I said, it's but, probably a f- apocryphal and not. But you know... I can I can get behind that. Like you remember yeah, like in uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, when he was using uh, Morgan Freeman's telescope, and he pulled the sword out because he thought the dudes were real close. Yeah. And Aziz is like, "You dumbass cracker, motherfucker, put that down." Yeah, it was great hearing Morgan Freeman say that. Yeah, no. 
I'm sorry. I'm thinking of the Samuel L. Jackson remake. You dumb motherfucker. Put that shit down. Remake okay, a Morgan Freeman voice impersonator and have him say that exact line. You dumbass cracker motherfucker. You dumbass cracker. As, as, as Sam, sword down. As Sam Jackson gets older, we should remake all of Morgan Freeman's movies, but but cast Samuel Jackson in the role. Oh my <laughs> him god! Being Sam Jackson, like uh, Shawshank. Shawshank Redemption, yes. But why Sam they call Jackson. you Red? Cause I'm Irish, motherfucker. <laughs> oh Driving Miss Daisy, where to you, bitch? <laughs> Oh my god, I would pay to see that. Oh god, so Mike thinks it's poo gas, you think it's owls and poo gas, and I think it's an alien and an orb. Yes. Alright, so... I mean, my, my my thing is just not enough information. Really. Not enough data. Yeah. yeah. Yep. No, I totally get that. That's It's understandable. And this is, my belief is all just me leaping into the crazy... Look, we all know it's a superstructure. Let's just admit it. Okay, it's a superstructure and fart gas. Again, I win. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> this is you... a competition, right? <laughs> yeah, dude, it's totally a competition. <laughs> oh, my God. So, guys, I want to thank you for both for being on this insane episode talking about owls and shit. Poop gas. <laughs> Literally um, owls and shit. <laughs> that's the name of the episode now, Owls and Shit. <laughs> So, uh, Mike, have you got anything you want to plug? Um, no. <laughs> okay. David, <laughs> you got anything you want to plug? Uh, yeah, sure. Follow me at uh, HPKOMIC on Twitter. Uh, I'm doing comics and stories and all that. You can also listen to me here on Deviant Behavior Radio with uh, the Mutant Hours. That's on Mondays at, and Wednesdays at midnight Central Time. Fantastic show. Um, We've got shirts yep. of that coming. Yeah, I got a new shirt coming out. It's going to be really cool. Yep. All right. I will, uh, of course, uh, encourage people to write us if you listen to this show and want to say anything. Please, for the love of God, drop us a line. <laughs> My wife is actually going to write you guys a letter at some point because she was listening to something. You guys were talking about witchcraft and she was getting real, real angry about what you were saying. So I told her to put it in a letter. So <laughs> Okay. I'll yeah, Great. I'm yeah. gonna have her yell at you. Okay. Like she could literally come here and ask a question if she wanted, but we'll we'll let her send a letter. Sure, that's great. <laughs> oh God, yeah. So please send us some stuff if you got if you want to talk about something. Mike will be more than happy to read it on the air. The first what was it? Five people. Yeah, first we'll five get, submissions per episode. We'll get read on the air by Mike the Skeptic, who can you can reach at skeptical Mike at supernaturalselectionpod.com. That's his email. Uh, you can head over to supernaturalselectionpod.com and click the contact form. Uh, we've got our merch. We have a donate button, which if you like what we do, we'll be more than happy to. Uh, Use your money to keep this going because yeah, get us to West Virginia. Yes. Oh yes. The West Virginia Fund is what we should call the donations. So I like Sounds that good. plan, and you can of course find us on Twitter at SuperNapPod. Uh, be sure to follow us there, and if you have any topics you want to talk about, any interesting news stories, be sure to send them over to me there. Uh, you can also find us on our Facebook page, which is uh, just fucking look for Supernatural Selection. 
Facebook is kind of an afterthought. We've got an ad running that has done nothing. 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 So, that being said, again, guys, I really appreciate appreciate you guys being on. It's always mm-hmm. fun to have both of you, and having both of you together was fantastic. No problem. Thank you for having us on. Awesome. All right. Well, that is it for Supernatural Selection this week. We'll see you next week with another really stupid topic. And uh, till then, stay frosty, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Supernatural Selection has been a production of DeviantBehaviorRadio.com. You can find it and more shows broadcast weekly at DeviantBehaviorRadio.com. Our theme music is Screensaver by Kevin McLeod. It is used through Creative Commons license, and more of his music can be found at incompetech.filmmusic.io.